0: on the block here
1: he's in the corner now they spread it out for Adams missed it Waterman great defense and a great rebound a big point play from Noah Waterman
0: what a game Drew what a game
1: and what an atmosphere switch down the hall steps back yes sir welcome back to you better you bet brought to you by bet MGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the bet QL network
0: Courtesy, of the call goes to ESPN Plus. Not like regular ESPN was enough. We had to add ESPN Plus. Take more of your money. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, as BYU goes into the fog and takes down Kansas last night, snapping Kansas's 19-game home win streak, which is great for us because we bet. BYU, we absolutely loved it. Uh, 20 minutes from now, our pal P. Prisco will stop by live from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis talking National Football League, and then we will don thy Royal bucket Bucketheads. For eight buckets, AFC, win total discussions and guesses. Can't wait for it. In two hours from now, we'll roll through all our bets for tonight here on this Wednesday edition of You Better, You Bet. Ken, a little college hoops off of last night. We did Kentucky in the first hour of the show. Maybe we could do a little bit more just to reiterate kind of like how we feel about the Wildcats, a team that a lot of people like to win the national championship. So we'll get to Kentucky in a second, but let's talk about BYU here, um, a team that we've bet on a couple times recently over the course of the last week and bet against this weekend against Kansas State. So been, Hassami Sosa would say, very, very good to us. We absolutely love it. Um, I like this team a lot. I look at BYU and see maybe not a team that can win the national championship. like I think like Marquette might be able to, um, but I I, I really, really like them. And the poise that you've got to show to go into Kansas and win, pretty impressive. And I know Kansas was not playing at full strength, but, I mean, that's really impressive. They won by eight on the road in Kansas. So, Ken, what, where are you at right now on BYU as we approach the Big 12 tournament, the NCAA tournament, and the ceiling for the Cougs of BYU?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll actually group BYU and Kentucky together here. Um, if you uh, If you took Kentucky's talent and you gave them BYU season, uh, they could probably go and win the national championship. But BYU, to me, just like, doesn't have close to enough talent. And Kentucky has the most red flags of any team that anybody would reasonably bet to win the NCAA tournament. So they're both flawed in a completely different way. Kentucky certainly has the players that you feel like you could develop into a team that could win. And, you know, it's not like you have to have three pros or two pros or whatever, you know, if you want, you you can't make it that simple, Um, but you kind of can. You know, like, yeah, yeah, Connecticut was a four and maybe they surprised a few people. They were rated really highly entering the tournament. But, you know, like, who'd they have? Well, they had Sunogo and they had Andre Jackson, who got drafted by the Bucks, And they had Jordan Hawkins, who plays for the Pelicans this year. Like, you, you have these players like it's that's not nothing in this year's team, like Klingon, like Stefan Castle. Like, these are guys like you're going to see them next year in some capacity in the NBA, probably. And not everybody has guys like that. And BYU doesn't really have guys like that. And Kentucky's got about 20 of them. Uh, they just can't defend at all. And Jay, Jay Billis did a great job in the first hour of pointing this out of just saying, well, he, a said Kentucky couldn't defend, which he's right. And also was like, this is, I I, I put this like my saying for this is uh, any team can win four games in the tournament, but it's like impossible to win six. And he kind of said the exact same thing when he came on because it's true. Um, bracket breaks right get an upset across from you doesn't really matter who the team is you can win your region it's just easy like to a certain extent we've seen bad teams do it all the time Um, but we haven't really ever seen a bad team win six which is to win the national title you have to win six games in the tournament or seven if you make the uh the first four so look Kentucky and BYU uh, they are compelling for completely different reasons BYU looks more to me like I actually think they're more likely to make the final four than Kentucky is right now because they are just much more balanced and balance is what you're looking for for teams that can play, you know, four really good games in a row win a region Kentucky is uh, honestly probably going to fall into this paper tiger category of these teams that can just score. An insane amount of points. It becomes so... They become the sexy team. Who doesn't want to bet on a team that scores a lot? It's really fun to watch. They have NBA players. Uh, They play compelling, dramatic, entertaining games. Um, At the same time, when you defend like they do, you don't win. You don't win. Uh, Unadjusted efficiencies. Kentucky is fifth in the country in offense right now and 180th in defense. Um, This would be by far the worst defensive profile adjusted on a wig, whatever adjustment you want, you manipulate the data however you'd like, they'd be the worst defensive team to ever win the title. They'd be maybe the worst defensive team, including Miami last year to ever make the final four, if they ever even made the final four. And remember, anybody can win four games. Um, So it's funny, like you look at the two teams and you ask people, hey, if you put a poll up, said who is more likely to go to the final four right now BYU or Kentucky Uh, I mean however many however many votes you'd get you get 99 percent of people would vote Kentucky except for like the snarky contrarians who'd be like well I'm just gonna mess with the poll and vote the opposite side but I actually think it's Kentucky too and uh and I would actually be somebody who I'd say well I don't think it's either a lot of the time um but I think BYU would be more likely and that would probably surprise a lot of people
0: yeah, that's our, our Cougs, or my Cougs at least, with uh, with BYU. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. Pete Prisco live from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis talking NFL to start next hour. But uh, we've been promising that we do some NHL on the show here, so, uh, so let's do it. So things are uh, not going great as of right now for our Vancouver Canucks. Uh, losing last night, just like pretty ridiculous fashion to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and like Penguins kind of felt like
1: by the way, that it game's was... going on while the Blazers blow that lead at halftime. I just like, what is the Heat end up just covering? Like in a lame fashion. By 10. So like at halftime yeah. of that game, I'm like, it's Canucks two nothing. Canucks are up two nothing at the end of the first period. The Blazers are winning outright by multiple possessions at halftime. Like I go I go to bed and uh and wake up to 0 two. Which is pretty impossible, and that's I mean, just like what's the what, what's your probability what's your win probability chart on that one? It's my happiness chart. It was uh, spiked way down when I woke up this morning. That was tough.
0: Dude, the NHL's been kicking my ass, man. I need well, like, a couple days off. Vegas
1: was like my favorite bet yesterday, and they win. They beat. Well, Toronto, that was so but that was it's, your it's, bet, it's and, and I had it, yeah.
0: which was great. But that was like your bet. Like my bets that I come up with myself have all been losing. <laughs> so like I did win because I took Vegas with you last night, but otherwise, all of my all of my picks lost last night,
1: which sucks. Do you, do you- do you like either of these big favorites tonight? You like usually like I, a dog uh, in these kind of games. You usually I like the dog you know, in these games.
0: I don't like I don't like either dog tonight. And I don't really want to I think I'm taking the night off from the NHL. Maybe add moneyline parlay, the Rangers and is the this, Oilers. Is this uh
1: is this the uh is this a home and home for the Rangers and the Blue Jackets after the Blue Jackets yes. beat them?
0: Rangers lost there was in Columbus no game on in between? Sunday. No game in between. <laughs> for the like Rangers at least. A, I don't know if Columbus was, played one. The Rangers haven't played since Sunday.
1: Well, the Blue Jackets going to get out of this mess. I mean they they got to really up against it tonight, right? But I'm sure I'll I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. It's like an obvious human nature kind of a thing. Like you're going to feel like the Rangers are really likely to win. Edmonton out Edmonton, they went on that huge winning streak. I I'd I'd be a little cautious with them for you know the, the last couple of games obviously haven't been great the next ten I'm not sure will go great they feel like they finally found their baseline where they want enough to kind of catch back up to their preseason projections and uh, they're probably more just like appropriately rated against the, the the Blues who could muster nothing against Winnipeg the other night
0: as uh who's playing goal tonight for St Louis oh Bennington so uh, I mean it gives you I like Lee Bennington yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, like it hasn't been great recently, but yeah, it makes you feel like a little bit better if you wanted to. I I don't think I think I'm passing on hockey tonight because uh, I've been getting my ass kicked uh, last night. The Pittsburgh Penguins, I don't want to say they kicked Vancouver's ass, but they came back to win the game in overtime. Four to three, Eric Carlson with the winner and Pittsburgh all of a sudden feels like that maybe as the trade deadline approaches in the NHL might be a buyer. Uh, the season has been on the brink. They've won a couple games, still like, I think, seven points out of a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. But a good amount of games to go here for Pittsburgh to maybe get into the playoffs. Playoffs with the oldest roster by far in the National Hockey League. But this is a Vancouver conversation, not a Pittsburgh conversation. The Canucks now 4-4-2 and in their last 10 games. Uh, Rick Tockett, who's still the favorite to win the Adams Trophy Award, whatever it's called, the uh, coach of the year in the NHL, had said this after the game, hopefully our guys get their brains back. That's an actual quote from Rick Tockett talking about his team. Now, of course, we, we don't know what the guy was a tongue in cheek. I'm I'm they're still really good, but worth noting that the coach is unhappy with his player's performance. So they're really sloppy and they need to get their brains back in the action. Uh, Tockett is minus 400 to win the NHL, uh, the Adams trophy, the coach of the year award minus 400 Rick bonus of Winnipeg. who's like, they can't stop winning. Uh, beat St. Louis last night, right? They're at nine. Paul Maurice of uh, Florida is at 10. We have Chris Knobloch of Edmonton at 15. John Tortorella is 12. Peter Laviolette of my Rangers at 20. Um, This is going to get a little interesting, can you think, coach of the year, the Adams Trophy in the NHL? I just...
1: uh... My answer is I hope not. Uh, I think like a lot of people who, who actually pay attention, not, not that there are a lot of people who pay attention to this market, although it is open in every domestic sports book all year. This is one that was only open in one place last year and has sort of expanded out, and uh, or only in a couple places last year and has expanded out, where you can kind of bet it everywhere. Um, and, it, you know, it's kind of, if you're like, well, I've never bet this, uh, how does it work? It works like every other coach of the year with some small alterations. Um, what do you want? You want a team that wins a lot? Uh, and they win surprisingly. We weren't expecting them to be as good as they are. And they improve a lot over the previous year. The one kind of unique quality that this coach of the year award has is the, the way NHL does their awards versus the others. You know, you think about you watched NFL honors, especially if you follow this show, uh, voted on by the media, uh, like a, a panel of voters. It has a lot of media members, has some other voters in it, but like kind of all all in the same vein. Uh, NBA, like the, the voters tend to be a lot of media Uh, The broadcasters vote for this award and uh, like the people who actually call the games vote for this award and exclusively no one else does just them and there's been a belief out there that Tocket had a natural advantage uh, in this market if they were going to be good because he is beloved in that circle. And we had Liam McHugh on who anchors Turner's coverage the other day, and he's like, the first thing he says is like, so happy for Rick Tocket. Like he used to be in the studio. We were telling stories like that. That's yep. the vibe that I'm trying to give off here about how. So I think when you have a guy that everyone's dying to give this award to, you can you can put up with a little bit of a slump and still feel okay about his likelihood. It one of the reasons why I think the market hasn't changed very much is that there's this idea that it's like, no, it's him. Like, they're going to win the division still a lot of the time. They're big favorite to win the division. Um, They won't probably win the presidents anymore or win the conference. Probably. They still have a chance. But it's... You know, I think, look, as someone who has a lot of Tocket and a couple other coaches, you know, do I need to play defense? It's like the question I'm asking. Just the sense that I get is that he still got this. And the one thing to note about Vancouver, so before you, like, you know, j- jump off the ship uh, or you believe you're taking on a lot of water here, like if you bet Tocket or if you you'd want to take shots with other coaches, worth noting, Vancouver has almost an entire month stretch in March where they will not leave home. Uh, it's basically almost the entire month of March. They'll just be at home playing games and don't have a lot of back-to-backs at that point, that is a tremendous advantage to have over other teams in terms of winning a lot of games. So I would say I'm concerned, but versus some other reward markets with some big favorites being challenged, I think ultimately it's going to be okay, and it's only because the schedule sets up that way.
0: That's great that they don't have to leave Vancouver. Great city. You ever been?
1: I uh, haven't. Expensive, right?
0: Nah, uh, me neither. Pete Prisco joins us to start our number three coming it's up really next nice. live from the scouting oh, combine so in Indianapolis. I don't know. I've never been.